And we're back. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to Hawk Sense. I am your host, Alex Nicolau. And before we start, I really just wanted to say thank you guys for all the support you guys showed on the first episode. I had some people that I haven't heard from in a while, some old friends contacting me saying they listened to the episode, they really liked it, and they want to hear more, which is great. Thank you guys so much for the support. It really does mean the world to me. Hopefully, down the line, we can get better at this. But for right now, this week's episode, we will be reviewing and discussing Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And since it has only been a week since Venom's release, the first half of my podcast will be spoiler-free for those who have not seen the movie, and the second half will have some spoilers in it, and I will definitely tell you guys once we are getting into the spoilers. But without further ado, let's go. After three long years, guys, we finally got Venom Let There Be Carnage, and I honestly enjoyed the movie. But there was one problem from the movie that caused a lot of problems. It was the length. In last podcast, we talked about it being one of the shortest comic book movies of all time, coming in at 1 hour and 37 minutes long, while the prior movie, Venom 1, came in at 2 hours and 20 minutes long. You would think after 3 years of development, there would be more, especially for how complex the relationship between Venom and Carnage are, and for how much content is actually in the Maximum Carnage storyline. The story just felt kind of rushed and all the characters had like different conflicts and different interactions and it just felt like there was such little time to explain all of it. But that really is my only gripe about the movie because I honestly thought that the story was great. It was way better than Venom 1 in my opinion and it had this whole different vibe that the first movie didn't have. And I, I just think because the Life Foundation saga, it's rather new and some of the symbiotes like Riot, Scream, and Toxin, they're very like unknown to some people who haven't read the comics. So a movie with Venom and Carnage is way better than a movie like Venom 1. I also thought the movie was just very comic accurate and it was way more interesting and makes you want to be more invested in the movie. We also got to see the relationship of Venom and Eddie Brock after being with each other for a few months and the way they argue they're like an old married couple. It's very funny, very entertaining, but it's also very, it's, it's awesome to see that they come back to each other at the end of the day and accept each other and care for each other because they're a symbiotic match. They are literally meant for each other. And honestly, I just love this interpretation of Venom because he really does shine without being in Spider-Man's shadow. I feel like as a villain of Spider-Man's, he's just really in his shadow, but as his own anti-hero in his own series with his own Lethal Protector comics, you know, it made him really shine because he really is a great comic book character. He's very interesting. He's very funny. He's just very... He's an awesome comic book character that can shine on his own without the help of Spider-Man. So I just really do love this interpretation. I'm very grateful we have this because Venom is one of my favorite comic book characters of all time. So this, these movies, even though some of them are cheesy and corny, like Venom 1 wasn't so great, I was still very grateful to have that and I still am very grateful to have this. And then we have the relationship between Carnage and Cletus Cassidy. Oh my god, guys. I expressed this in my last podcast of how much I really do love Carnage. He's just so such an interesting character, and he's so cool, and he's just so scary at the same time. And I really did think that Woody Harrelson really did kill it as Cletus Cassidy. And Carnage in the movie was pretty great himself. I wish he was a little bit more scary, but uh, I feel like with that PG-13 rating, he can't really be the serial killer eating people like you know he is in the comics. Their relationship is way more complex than Venom and Eddie's. Theirs is more scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. They have a bunch of differences that Venom and Eddie don't have. Cletus cares about marrying Shriek and killing Eddie in this movie. And Carnage only cares about killing Venom and being the top dog. He doesn't care about anything else, so he doesn't really even care about Cletus. And that goes to show how they're not symbiotic. They work together because they're kind of bonded by blood, but they aren't really symbiotic like Venom and Eddie are. 
And you could really see a big distinction between the two symbiotes because Venom and Eddie say we, and Cletus says we, but Carnage says I. And then we have the relationship between Cletus and Shriek. It's very similar to the Joker and Harley Quinn a lot of people were saying, and I can 100% agree with that statement. But it was a unique dynamic. Even the Maximum Carnage storyline, Shriek is in there, and it is still a very unique dynamic because Shriek's abilities are literally super Shrieks, and symbiotes, even Carnage, are very sensitive to loud noise, so it makes a very difficult and unique dynamic for the two characters. And it makes it even harder for Carnage to like Shriek as much as Cletus does. And one of the last relationships we will be talking about is the relationship of Venom and Carnage. Much like in the comics and much like the other symbiotes on Earth, Carnage is the offspring of Venom, making him Carnage's father. It is mentioned in the movie a lot on how Carnage needs to destroy his father because he is the only one who can stop him. And it does remind me a lot of the Maximum Carnage storyline, which is always great to see when movies take from the original material. The fight scenes were very good. I really did think they made use of Carnage's abilities very well. I'm not going to get too in-depth to them, but I did think they were really good. They really showed who the superior symbiote was, but I'm not going to go into too much detail because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But from an editorial standpoint, I thought the CGI looked pretty great as well. Uh, in some parts, it was iffy. There's one part that I would have to criticize. It is the part where Carnage is breaking out of prison. He looks a little bit foggy and not as crisp as in some parts of the movie, so that's my only one complaint about it. But overall, guys, I'm going to give Venom Let There Be Carnage, my spoiler-free review, an 8 out of 10. But now we are getting into my spoiler review and discussion, so if you are someone who has not seen the movie yet and you do not want to get the movie spoiled for you, go ahead and pause and come back once you have watched the movie, because you are definitely want to hear the discussion about this. Now hopefully everybody who has not seen the movie is gone and we can finally get into the spoiler discussion. Before we talk about that insane post credit scene that we all want to talk about, uh, we have to talk about some movie stuff first. Let's talk about Venom himself. I definitely wanted to see more Lethal Protector stuff. Obviously uh, Venom and Eddie both had this agreement in the end of the movie that they can only eat bad guys, but Eddie seemed to have turned on his promise in the second movie, so that made Venom and Eddie kind of part for a little bit. I definitely wanted to see more Lethal Protector, but I guess I guess we might be saving that for another movie, I guess. I just felt like the only action sequences was when he was fighting Carnage. But other than that, I thought Venom was actually pretty good in this movie, and I cannot wait to see more inside the MCU. Uh, but let's talk about Carnage. I definitely needed more Carnage. This is one of the things that the one hour and 37 minute time really screwed over with. We needed more Carnage. Uh, plus, I felt like the voice was way too low in the 90s comics. It was very high and shrieky and psychotic, like sounding like there's 10 voices like in Carnage's mouth, which I really wanted it to, to sound like that. I don't know if you guys know. The actors, Woody Harrelson and Tom Hardy, actually do the voices and they make them lower and they make them more like, you know. So, I don't know if they were just trying to stay true to that kind of method, but I definitely wanted it to be a little bit more high and shrieky and just like psychotic. And then one of the worst parts about this movie that I absolutely hated and I was like so devastated that it happened. When Venom bit Cletus Cassidy's head off, I was about to cry. Why did they have to kill Carnage? There is no reason they should have killed Carnage. Maybe Cletus Cassidy could have ran away and we could have seen him in another movie. Or maybe he could get his own solo movie or something like that. Or maybe just have the Carnage symbiote still be alive, but Venom had to eat it. But, I don't know. I really did not like that. I absolutely love Carnage, and I really did like him in this movie. And I thought maybe the future was hopeful for that character. Maybe they can do him way better in another movie, but I guess not. But maybe he's only dead 
in the Sony universe. Now that we know we're crossing paths with the MCU, maybe Cletus Cassidy inside the MCU is still at large, so maybe Carnage one day will have a revival. But now let's talk about the post credit scene, which definitely was the best part about this movie. I'm sorry. It was a great movie, but come on. We've all been waiting for this moment since Venom was even announced. And oh my God, it's finally coming. And I did not expect it. Last podcast said, I think it's very unlikely we will be seeing Venom in Spider-Man No Way Home. But we are definitely going to be seeing Spider-Man and Venom in No Way Home. But let's talk about what Venom was talking to Eddie about with his knowledge, the hive knowledge and all that kind of stuff. He said there was 80 billion light years of hive knowledge across universes that would blow Eddie Brock's mind. What was he talking about? What does he mean by that? And he was about to show what powers and knowledge that they have, but then they crossed universes. What does he mean by this? Does he mean that in other universes he's been to, maybe these universes include the Sam Raimi universe and the Mark Webb universe? Maybe the symbiote is the same symbiote that we saw in Spider-Man 3, and maybe he was that same goo that we saw in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And the only reason I'm saying this is because when he crosses universes and sees Spider-Man on the TV, he says, that guy, as if he knows who Spider-Man is. So maybe across these universes that the Hive of the Clintar have been to, Maybe they have interacted with a Spider-Man before. So maybe Spider-Man 3's for Grace interpretation of the symbiote is this Venom symbiote that we have seen in this movie. And maybe that goo in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 that we saw could be the same symbiote. And take everything I say with a grain of salt because honestly, I have no idea what's going on in Spider-Man No Way Home. This is so... This is such a different concept and something we've never seen before, really. And I, I really just don't know what's going on. I really hope that... Venom doesn't take a big part in this movie, hopefully just in the shadows watching, because I feel like if they included Venom, then they have to include the black suit, and how are they going to fit all that with all this multiversal stuff going on? It just it just got to be one huge mess if they add Venom and the black suit saga to that mix, so I really just hope he just is lurking in the shadows watching Spider-Man. But again, guys, I am just so tired of the leaks and the speculation for this movie. Hopefully the second trailer that is supposedly coming in the beginning of November will clear a lot of things up. It's reported that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield will be shown in the trailer. And that makes a lot of sense because we know that they have like 40 minutes of screen time, which is a lot of time. But there was also an audio file of Tobey Maguire talking and he was said, Dr. Octavius died on my world or you both have web shooters. And it was debunked because it was an online celebrity voice generator, which I think is pretty funny. But we also do know that Venom will be making an appearance in Morbius along with Michael Keaton's Vulture whenever that movie's coming out. And that begs the question, are they setting up the new Sinister Six spinoff movie? Because we have so many different things in the Spider-Man universe that I just have no idea what's going on at this point. But overall, Venom Let There Be Carnage was very enjoyable. It was just so short, and it kind of felt like it was a placeholder for what's to come inside the MCU. And that makes me sad, because Carnage isn't really a throwaway villain like maybe Riot would be in the first movie. And, you know, Carnage has such a rich, gruesome, and, like, gross and just amazing history inside of the Marvel Universe. And he's attached to some pretty powerful characters like Loki, uh, Green Goblin, and even Mephisto. So I just feel like... It was kind of weird to just throw him away like this. But the movie was great. I think Tom Hardy's Venom is so enjoyable. And if I'm being honest, I think it's one of the best iterations we're going to have of the character in film-wise. But the one thing that just really screwed up the movie was how short it was. So for my overall review, spoilers and no spoilers, I'm going to give Venom Let There Be Carnage a 7 out of 10.
But I think that about covers it for my review of Venom Let There Be Carnage. If you guys have any questions and want to let me know what you guys think of the episode, you can tweet me. I finally got my Twitter up or DM me at my Twitter at Hawksense13, no hyphen. So if you guys want to ask any questions or maybe suggest a topic for an episode, you can hit me on my Twitter at Hawksense13. And if you have any questions about Red Hawk Media and maybe want to get involved, you can contact Patrick Johnson at PatMJohn at IU.edu. Once again, guys, thank you guys so much for watching, and I'll see you guys next Friday. Bye.